this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxson. We're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You okay? How has the off-season treated you so far? Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. It's been nice to have a little break from, from rugby league and not really think about Salford. Well, as I say, like, yeah, thinking about them all the time, aren't you? But it's, it's nice not to be... Uh, been worrying about rugby league every every five minutes, but uh, I'm looking forward to it now. I'm looking forward to the season. I've been filling my diary in tonight, actually putting my fixtures in and working my shifts round and what have you. So as far as I know, no fixtures clash at the moment. So I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Always a good sign that uh, Paul that fixtures don't clash. It certainly is. It certainly is. It saves uh, saves me a job. I, I think. Uh, I think my holiday clashes in in August with the <laughs> match, but blame blame me, Mrs. one, But I'm not. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. You can, you can always move the holiday to what November or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, join us about Paul Parkin. Uh, ready to talk all things Salford Packers. Oh, absolutely. Always, always, Rob. It's uh, yeah. It's always good to be on it and have a chat with you two lads and uh, you know gauge gauge everyone's opinions and uh, ideas and uh, find out what's been going on. Yes, yeah, it's lots of stuff going on in the off-season, Parker. Uh, like Paul, I've been uh, trying to sort of detox myself from, from Salford uh, Red Devils. Kind of trying to do that uh, in the off-season mm. because it's kind of intense, isn't it, doing podcasts every week and following week in, week out. Uh, so it's good to, you know, have a, have a bit of a chill, Parker. Well, yeah, you say that. But over the last, I'd say the last week and a half or so, I've really I started pining again now. Yeah. Um, I watched the grand final back. I've watched the, the, the Wigan semi-final back. And uh, I also watched the Million Pound game again, which I've still got uh, on, my, uh, on my Sky Planner. So, yeah, and that's in the last few days. I've just kind of been ramping it up again now and trying to get to, you know, get back into it. But um, it's it's hard as well when you're watching, you know, things from a couple of years ago because you know the players, or even from last season, really, the players that have moved on. You know, you're, you're watching them with sort of a little bit of a, I don't know, a jealous eye sometimes, thinking, oh, I won't be able to see him again. And, but, um yeah, no, it's it, it, it's starting to it's starting to get to me now, and uh, it'll soon be upon us. Yeah, it kind of shows the journey we've been on, it where we can you know rewatch these magical moments, Paul, and you know like like Parky said, you know you watch them and you know you kind of like remember what it was all about and the emotions we went through and, and you know how good it was. Yeah, certainly, I think we've done all right over the last few years, particularly under you know Ian Watson's guidance. We've had we've had some really good days, haven't we, and some memorable matches, and you know. Uh, Quite, quite a lot of them came last season, didn't they? So, so yeah, it has been good. I, I've watched the grand final once. Um, I've, I've, I've seen highlights of that, that Wigan semi-final a few times because that try, I think the one that Mossop scores, it's absolutely spine-tingling for me. That um, Remember the night, my dad had just had his knee operation the week before. And when Mossop scored that try, he just jumped out of his seat and he was in absolute <laughs> agony. He was in agony. He his crutches there, but he had a bigger smile, but you could tell he was like... God, whatever just jumped up, but no, they're, they're memories that you know they'll last a lifetime, won't they? So, uh, so yeah, but like, but like Parky says, I, I am starting to, to count the days now. I mean, our first game, 31st of January, first league game, so uh, it's not far away now, is it? We've got this friendly against Swinton on the 5th of Jan, so a couple more weeks now. I mean, I know we keep seeing the, the, the players in training, don't we, on the on the social media, the videos, and that, and they look like they're really ramping it up now, so it's not far away now, is it, the season? Sounds like a Monty Python sketch where he just sort of jumps up and he's fixed. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, as I say, it's, it was a really, you know, fantastic time to be a soul fan, really. Every time I go to my dad's house, he's always going on the plate, you know, like the planner. Just puts it on when, when there's only me in the living room just to have a little look and brings back all them, you know, the fantastic memories, like you say, beating Wigan and Wigan away and talking to someone and talking about when we've got beat by Wigan in the previous, you know, playoff game and at that point, you know, you thought, you know, we can do this because we, we got beat on that day, didn't we? But we, we knew that we had a bit more and that, and that, uh, the belief started to build there, Parky, didn't it? And, yeah, you know, and then definitely. this wave just took us, didn't it? And it was, a, yeah. you know, an well, unbelievable experience. I remember saying after that, that semi-final against Wigan, uh, the, the first game against Wigan that, you know, I told everyone who listened, I might have entered out here last time I was on, that we, we learnt a lot more from that game than they did. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we it took us a while to get to grips with it, but that, I mean, that last 10 minutes, 
How we didn't crash over again, I don't, I really don't know. You know, full credit to Wigan's defence that night, but I think we came away and Watto had seen what, what he needed to see and he knew where we needed to tweak things. And I don't think Wigan had anything left. I don't think they knew anywhere else to go. And uh, we came away from that game and I think the players, again, like that Saints game earlier in the year where we got beat uh, by that controversial video ref, you know, that, that gave us the, the team that confidence to go, you know what, we're as good as anything. And uh, yeah, and then from then on, like you say, a bit of a roller coaster, but uh, you know, we, we made the gun final. Yeah, it shows how far belief takes you, Paul, because obviously, you know, there was a big belief campaign, weren't they, building, and it was, it showed, I think, obviously, the fans, you know, we, we had, there was no kind of, you know, we, we wanted to win, but there was no expectation level. We weren't like demanding a win, we were just enjoying the moment. I think that kind of helped, uh, you know, the process of us getting there. I think that's mentality solved for supporter, Robert. I don't think I've ever really been to a match and been demanded a win. I mean, I think, you know, in the, in the lower leagues, yeah, sometimes when you're playing sort of some of the, 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 the so-called lesser sides, you know, full respect to them. But in the top flight, you never really demand a win, do you? You go to the game and just hope for the best, don't you? And and that's what we did. And it's interesting, really, because I've been, I like the odd, the odd sort of bet. And I've been looking at the odds, you know, for next season. And the, the, a lot of the rugby league sort of betting, Sites and what have you know, the sky bets of this world and the other ones, they've not, they don't really fancy us whatsoever. I think we're 50 to 1 to win the Challenge Cup, which is about 20th favourite. Um, and if you look at the Super League odds, I think we're 11th or 10th, you know, favourite. So, you, you know, the odds on is like Wigan and Warrington. So, if you look at it as a retail, I think they've got us like as about 11th. So, really, you know, when we got to the grand final last season. I, th- I think that's quite disrespectful, really, and no one's really been talking about us. And I've been reading like previews in the rugby league press, and, and no one's mentioning us again. So, you know that that'll add fuel to to the players' fire. And, and you know, speaking to a couple of the players last week when I was at the club, they they know that no one's really talking about them again, and they've got that belief though. And I think sometimes it's it's good for them because the pressure's off. There's no expectation there; they can just go out and, and do their thing. So, I'm hoping, I'm confident, you know with the squad that we've got, we're going to have a really good year in 2020. Yeah, obviously, Parking, no one's talking about us. It's a good sign because the players can, can kind of get on with what they need to do to get back to that level, <laughs> doesn't it? But obviously, if you were in charge of marketing the club and, and wanting to you know build a bigger crowd, you'd want the club to be talked about, wouldn't you, by the general rugby league press and... and yeah, I think, I think, you know, again, I think we mentioned this not long ago about the press. There is a snobbery around certain clubs and you know and we're, we're not we're just not a fancy club how we don't people don't think of us that way um, you know they just think we're there you know to make up the numbers really I think um, and like Paul said I think I'd use it as some kind of motivation I really would and, you know what? why is everybody disrespecting us I mean I think the thing where you mentioned the Challenge Cup odds Paul I mean you don't, you don't have to win what two three games and you've, you can lift the cup you know it's not I don't if you get a favourable draw through the competition, like Saints last year, ended up with Halifax in the semi-final. You know, you're in a final. Every time we get to a semi, we seem to get, except for the Sheffield game, probably the, the better side out of all the, you know, the rest of the teams. Uh, we played, you know, Wigan and Saint Helens and you know, them sort of team. Um, and I, I find that, I find that amazing, really, that we can be that that far off. We've proven that we can win the, you know, the games that we need to win, the big games at the end of the season, or the, you know, going into to semi-finals, we can do that. Um, I, I I don't think that the other clubs will see us that way. I think they'll they'll understand now that what you know the direction that Watto's give us, um, um, the players we brought in. I mean, I, I I don't I don't know how anyone can disrespect them. I don't know. Yes, all right, you know Jackson Hastings was a, an absolute phenomenon. Josh Jones a completely you know different player, very very difficult to replace them kind of players in a in a salary cap sport, especially if we can't get a marquee. Um, but we've brought in some really, really talented players. And I, I think our squad's probably, well, not just bigger, but I think it's probably better overall, in, you know, in, in other positions. And, uh, I, I, yeah, I find it quite astonishing that people are treating us like that. I think there's a better balance to the squad, Parky. I think, you know, there's a, there's a good balance to the squad and, and yeah. listening, to the, listening to the squad numbers coming out. I mean, I know I shouldn't do this, but I always take the squad numbers as the first, third, you know, the, the one, two, one to 13 that comes out as Ian Watson's first choice. And I don't know whether I'm right on that, but, you know, the, the two wingers came out of, of Ed Chamberlain and Chris Nineau, two and five. And then you think of the other guys that we've got there in the squad as well, the, the two new lads we've signed from London, Elliot Keir and, and the, the other lad, Reese Williams, they're good players as well. So you've got back up there. 
Well, and, you, you know, we're quite well endowed in the centre positions as well with the guys we've brought in. You know, Dan the other thing the, the, the wingers is Ken Seo. Yeah, Ken Seo as well. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't laugh at it yet because it might spoil things, but I, I think he's a I think he's a really quality player. I think he is. I think he, you know, he, I don't know how he, we couldn't have him starting. But oh, sorry, Pat, play, I got that wrong. I think I think Seo was five. It was two and five. Uh, um, Inu was the centre, I think, with um, or was it? Was Chris no, Inu the centre? No, no, Wellerman, Sargentson were the centres. I think oh, Inu. Right. They've got Inu at five, yeah. Oh, it's was Inu at five, right? Yeah. Right. So it's all a bit a bit peculiar, perhaps. But um, you know, I mean, it might not mean anything. But at the end of the day, if Seo didn't play and you had Chamberlain and, and Inu on the wings, would you complain? Well, no, not really. Like you say, we've got options that, there, haven't we? He's that backup, and that's for me. That that is the key. Uh, we were lucky last season for much of it within injuries. Uh, we needed more depth. You know, we, we were running on, you know, pennies, weren't we, when we were trying to bring players in. And, and at times you're thinking, if he gets injured, what are we going to do now? And now it's, it's not so much like that. There is a lot more balance and um, strength in the, in, the, in the three quarters and, and certainly in the pack. So, yeah, I agree with you. You probably, you know, uh, nail on the head there. It's, it's a better balanced squad. It is. I, I say that, but I, well, I think it is because of our long odds. I think it's obviously people have looked at who we've lost, with, like you say, with Jackson Aces and, and Josh Jones, and they don't know how this team's going to react to that. We know that they've, they've bought players who, to replace them and and hopefully kick on. So it'd be a brave journalist to say Salford have got better, would you say, Paul? The thing is with them cup odds, though, Rob, how do they work out Toronto at 16-1? to 1? They've got a fifty to one to win the Challenge Cup in Toronto at sixteen to one. I'm thinking, who's Toronto signed? Yeah, they've signed Sonny Bill Williams, but who else? So mm. one man doesn't make a team. So yeah, if we win the Challenge Cup, I'll win me five hundred quid because I had a tenner on, so I'm not bothered. <laughs> but, uh, no, let them let them make as big odds. But it just seems strange to me sometimes the way the way they portray things in the media. And like you said, I think sometimes it is disrespectful and. You know, it doesn't really help our our marketing team. But you know, I think you've got to do you you you've got to play your, your game on the pitch, haven't you? And prove people wrong. And I'm sure what I'd rather have the underdog tag than you know be talked about. Yeah, I, I think it, it suits us down to the ground because obviously, you know, we, we're a team that is unfashionable and and you know, rugby league world look in other directions. And if we keep coming up on the rail, Parker, and keep producing in big games and keep getting to big. Big finals and, and latter end latter stages of playoffs. Uh, it's only going to change their mentality because we'll be always there. Yeah, I think I think that's the other side to it. We've we've had decent you know runs in the past sort of thing, you know half seasons or you know a good season finishing you know, under Carl Harris and that kind of thing. But we never backed it up the year after. That's that's the you know that's the acid test for us now moving forward. And I think if this year is anything like last year, if we if we're in the top five, magic. If we're just outside it, you know, well, I think team people then and, and people in the press and, and the so-called you know experts might just start thinking, you know, it, it is a different Salford now. There is a you know, but we just got to make sure we don't make them mistakes and, and end up you know fighting for our lives again. Because mm. I've said that before, uh, Paul, that you know we have one, we've had great season this season, but we need to back it up. We need a two and three four season run of playoff football for us as a club to grow and for people in the in the vicinity of Salford Manchester to have an opinion change on, on who we are and what we're about. Yeah, I think you've probably got to go back to the 70s, haven't you? Um, sort of since we had two sort of really top seasons, one after the other in the top flight. I mean, every time, certainly in the Super League year, every time we have had a good season, there's not been many, as you can't unwind, but the year after, we've either got relegated mm. or we've finished, finished near the bottom. If you go back to sort of the 97 season when we came up, we did really well. The year after, I think we were second bottom, we had a dismal run and we lost about 11 games on the bounce. Um, so that was a poor season. 2006 with Andrew Dunham and Carl Harrison, that great season we had finishing the fifth. The year after, we got relegated. So, same in 2017, when it finished fourth in the regular season, got into the playoffs, so we struggled in the, the top eight. The year after, we was nowhere near, was we, in, in 2018, back in the, the, the bottom eight. So, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's about, you know, backing it up next season now. But as we've, as we've all agreed there, I think the squad's more balanced and I'm quietly confident. I think we'll do okay. I think looking at other sides in there, I don't see us, you know, having much trouble against him. I think everyone was talking about Hull. 
thinking the media at the moment and the players they've signed, but yeah. I don't see how, how they're any better than the players we've got. So I, I'm quietly confident that we'll hold our own this season. I, I think, Parky, we've learned from our previous mistakes. Paul talked about the 2006 season there where Dunerman and I think it was Sean Ruckertson left and we brought in uh, Luke Garn and Karkidis and it, and it was a different style of play uh, which didn't quite kind of like didn't quite work for us uh, and that's why we went down and I think obviously Ian Watson has, has thought about that and brought in players of similar you know style and similar ability so the engine just keeps ticking yeah, I think he, he knows what he wants. He knows what direction he wants to go. He's certainly got a style, uh, what, so, but I think the other thing about him is that I think he is quite versatile to game to game. I think I've seen that from us this year. You know, at certain games we've had a lot more flair about us and, you know, and other games we know we've had to grind, you know, grind it out. I think leading up to the playoffs, I mean, Watto mentioned it himself, the, the Leeds game when we went to Eddingley, you know, we, we turned that into a playoff game. We used it as a playoff game rather than, you know, a normal league game. We knew we were in the top five at that point. We knew we were doing okay. Um, and we went there. We, we made an arm wrestle of the game kind of on purpose. You know, I'm not saying we'd have blown them away. We, we wouldn't, you know, leagues were certainly improving at that point. But, and, and Watto sort of said that this is how we've got to be. Now, we can't play like we have done throughout the season. We're going into a playoff, but it's a completely different animal. And, um, you know, you've got to change your style. And we did. And obviously, it worked up to the final. You, know, you can't, you know, you can't knock that. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is strange. I think when when you look at our squad and other squads in the league, we're definitely, we're definitely not one of the worst three or four teams or squads. I know it doesn't mean anything to you know you put your boots on, you played, but um, they're, they're obviously. I mean, Saints, Saints have been fantastic for years. They're not signed anybody this year. There's no sense them players next year won't pick up injuries, won't lose a bit of form. You know, they shouldn't. I mean, Saints are a great team, great club. They have a new coach. Nobody really knows um, until the season kicks off. And we say Hull. I mean, they've gone out and signed, I don't know, probably 10, 15 players again. They seem to do it every year. And we've made that mistake in the past, turning the squad over massively every year. And it, it takes time to settle a new club and with new colleagues and a new style of play, new coach, you know, or whatever. Um, I think, I think you know, there, there are, of course, there are teams that are better than, you know, Others, there's no doubt about it. But I look at, say, whole KR squad, and they brought a load of players. I mean, two or three of them are really good players, but a lot of it's just we've got a load from Bradford. You know, well, Bradford struggled in the championship. Obviously, we know the financial problems now. But what you know, I don't understand quite where where people would go with that. I don't think Wakefield are going to be much better. You know, when you look at it, squad for squad, and yet people are predicting that we'll finish in the bottom two or three. I, I just don't see it. I really don't. Yeah, I think it's I think it's all about stability, really. I think we, like you said, Parky, we, we fell into that trap before of by a big turnover of players. And Paul, I, I think that you know Ian Watson has realised that, and to build a culture at a club, uh, which which is a you know successful one, he needs to keep that the majority of that squad together and just add bits to it to make it better. Yeah, I think I think what what all does very well. Um, he, he, he signs players. He signs players with the right attitude as well. And I think if you've got that 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 attitude, that togetherness, and that you know that sort of character, you sign certain characters. They, they don't fit in, do they? We had we had quite a lot of these a few years ago. These I don't know what the word to use, but maybe bad apples is the wrong the wrong term to come up with. But that's the way I I'd say. It. But he doesn't seem to sign players like that. What he'll, he'll bring players in who can do a job, players who will listen to him, players who will buy into what they've got there. And I mean. I'd rather have a squad of players like that rather than have sort of big star names. You know, I'm not having a go at Sonny Bill Williams, but he's that sort of... I, I wouldn't have wanted us to sign him because I don't think he would have fitted into our ethos than what we're building at Salford. So, you know, good luck to him at Toronto. I hope it's a great season apart from the players. But I'm happy with it with the guys that Watto brings in and I, I trust his judgment. You know, over the last few years, supporters have sort of questioned that. You know, when we brought Chris Wellen in, oh, why have you signed him? Why have you signed Ed Chamberlain? Why have you signed Greg Burke? What about this Gil Dunson? He looked at that pudding. Well, how good was he last season? So I, I trust the players that he signed and... And, and like Paggy said there, totally agree with him from last season, what he was saying about the Leeds game, how we turned that into an arm wrestle, how we changed things around. I think the whole KR game as well, 
Mm. The one on Golden Point. That was another one. We played sort of playoff rugby league, didn't we? And we are we are changing our mentality, and it's all about taking that into to next season again now. And uh, I'm pretty sure we will. I think the guys that have, have, have come in, you know, the, the Luke Yates as well. Spoke to him last week. Lovely guy. Seems really switched on with his attitude. I think those players will buy into what the guys of 2019 did. I think it'll rub off them on, on the, the squad for 2020. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. I, I think the Casford game was another one where you know we cranked the pressure up and they and they bottled it before we did. And I think that's that shows how far we've come that we can go toe to toe with teams and and keep upping that pressure after every set after every set and every set and just know that they're going to crack first. And that's I think that's a physical thing and a mental thing because obviously we're on this journey, aren't we? From being a club that was an also ran to a, to a club that is in the running and winning them games is is an important uh, step in that in that uh, process. Yeah, because you look back to the the playoffs. I mean. We'll all talk about that that Wigan semi-final win, won't we, until we're grey and old, because that was one of the most memorable matches I think I've ever seen, especially away from home. But the, to me, the Castleford game in the playoffs, I mean, the job we did on Castleford in the playoffs to, to, to limit them to to, to scoreless, to, to nil them, I thought was a, a tremendous effort you know, against a, you know, a playoff side. So, yeah, it just shows how far we've come. And like you say, that's what makes me excited for the season now, you know, I think the, the the expectation levels have been raised amongst the supporters. I think if you you sort of went round and, and, and canvassed the supporters, now I think they when asked them where you think we want to finish next season, I think people will be thinking, yeah, in the in the playoffs again. And you've got to live with that, I suppose. Now, haven't you? As a player, you've got to live up to that expectation. And I think the players will do. Yeah, uh, Parker. Paul mentioned it. Look back at the you know the Marlon Cook actually is a lot. He, he says bad apples. But I, I'm think I call them show like they like show ponies. You know, they, they had all the style, but we lacked a bit of grit. They lacked a lot, lacked a bit of, you know, the, the kind of players that you should, you will get, get your results when the chips are down. This team we have with Ian Watson, we've got a team full of them, and we, we've got a sprinkling of class as well. Uh, so that's that's why I think this team is better and achieved far more than the team did back then. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, under under Marwan's uh, <coughs> guidance, um, I, I what I will say about them players is they were there were some really talented players. Let's not forget, you know, let's not forget that we brought in, you know, the likes of Gareth Hawk and Harrison Hansen, Mozza, um, you know, Rangi Chase, people like that. I, I think a lot of that goes down to coaching again. And you 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 know, you telling them what you want, this is how we're gonna play, you're gonna do as I say. And I think a lot of it was interference from off the field, bad management perhaps, but in players being in the in the side that maybe shouldn't, maybe their attitudes weren't right. Um and I think you find that a lot, you know, I, you know, switching over to football slightly, and you look at what sort of Brendan Rodgers does now at, at Leicester, how he's, again, he's you know, transferred, transformed his team to play how he wants. And you look at that team, you go, good players, but they're not, you know, they're miles better individuals in, in, in Premier League football, but it's how you get them players to, to you know, play together as a team. And uh, you two will know better than me from interviewing the players last year a lot, but you speak to them about what Watto instilled in them, the attitude that he wants from them, the, the work ethic, you know, the, the discipline. This is how we do things. He's so intense and so, you know, he drills them and drills them until they, you know, they get it. And uh, I think that that's the main thing. And that's that's the key for us at the moment. I know people have criticised Watto in the past, you know, over over periods, but you, you can't, you just can't fault what he's done. Again, he's got a team there. Certainly last year, players that what well, we were cast offs, we were you know misfits, whatever they wanted to call us, and he formed them and he made them. I, I don't like this saying because it's, it's a bit silly, really, but into a kind of band of brothers, if you like, where they all fought for each other. I think that cast game in the in the playoffs where Nile Level pulls off that tackle, and in the interview uh, prior to the grand final, I was watching the other day. He says uh, he said, well, if it wasn't him, it would have been somebody else. Because that's the that's the ethic they've got. Somebody has to be there. Somebody's got to make that tackle, and it's not about one one you know one component in that team. It's the whole thing that has to work together. And I think that's something we had last year, certainly in the squad, in the you know in the whole kind of not just this the seventeen that were taken to the field every week. People behind the scenes, they all knew what their jobs were, who did what, and what was expected of them. And, and there's no place to carry people when when that happens. You may 
you may go out and sign, you know, the best player in the world, like, you know, I don't know, like Sonny Bill Williams or something like that. But if he's slightly off with something or he doesn't like the way something works or whatever, you know, you just can't have one thing out of place in, in a team sport like that. And uh, I, think, I think that's our big key, that, you know, Wasto getting his message across and getting them players to, to be as one. Yeah, I think it's steely grit. That's what it is. It's steely grit and kind of belief that, you know, you as an individual and you as a group of it, as a team are good enough to win it to win win a match, Paul. And I think we 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 we've got that. And first time we've had that in a long, long time. Yeah, I think so. I think it takes time, doesn't it, to to build that belief. I think the start of the season last year. We didn't have that, and I think Wattle mentioned that a few times, didn't they? We didn't believe that we could we could do the business, and um, we sort of doubted ourselves. I remember, if you go back to the, the Magic weekend, the game against OKR, I mean, I've, I came away from that game really disappointed that we've thrown that game away. I can't remember where we was in the league table at the time, but we wasn't really setting anything on fire, was we? So it just shows you what, what can grow. And I mean, the back end of the season, you know, you, you get on that, that winning run, belief grows every week, and... You no, know, it was a, I kept thinking to myself, God, when's this run going to end? And I remember going to the whole game when we absolutely panned all at the KCOM. I remember saying to my dad at the start, like, oh, I think we'll get hammered today. He went, what do you mean? I said, no, I just, I just think this, this, this run we're on is going to end now. He went, no, no, just honestly, he went, be all right, we'll, we'll stuff these today. And we did, and it just just kept going and going, didn't it? So, uh, so yeah, like I said before, I'm happy with the players we've brought in. Obviously, we disappointed to lose the likes of Josh Jones, George Griffin, Jackson Hastings, and and the like but I think the guys we've brought in are going to do a good job for us and uh, I'm, I'm pleased with, with the signings we've made yeah we've got loads and loads to talk about on the podcast this week we've got all the big news coming out of the, the club in the last couple of weeks uh, we've is got that just the intro that was just the intro that we just, we just kept talking really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this might be like a three podcast week maybe uh, so we've got all the news coming out this week uh, we've got interviews with new signings Luke Yates and Dan Sargentson um, we've got Paul Parkin, we've, we've decided to do a new feature, haven't we, Parker? Uh, do you want to do you want to tell our listeners what, what what it is and what we what to expect? Well, yeah, I, I kind I've kind of um, should we say borrowed the idea um, from from what's been happening in in the Premier League over the last couple of weeks that they're having a we've all been picking kind of you know best team of the decade and all that and I thought I got to thinking that well, what what would our best team of the decade be and um, you know and it. it as individuals, we'll all have our own idea. Um, but I'll look back, through, you know, back to the start of the 2010 season, so for the last 10 seasons, to see if I could, you know, come up with a, a team that I thought, well, yeah, they're, they're the, you know, probably the pick of what we've had. Um, so, yeah, um, I, you know, I'm, I've done mine, and obviously you two lads can do yours, and anybody following on or, you know, the guys listening, if they want to you know, tweet theirs and get them you know, read out or whatever. I think that's you know, something certainly during the off season to keep your mind busy, um, it, but it's a lot tougher than it than it sounds. Yeah, and we'll do it at the end of the podcast to get your Valium together because it was a tough tough gig that Paul by the sound of it. That's stress, lots of stress, um, lots of questions to ask myself, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's no criteria. You know, at first I was thinking, well, maybe I'll just do players who've made the debut in the last ten years for us, or. Or maybe players who've played more than you know two, or at least two seasons for us, or something like that. But you can't, you can't do that because you miss certain, you know, key individuals that you, you definitely want in your team anyway. So, uh, but yeah, I think it's uh, something to keep uh, everybody uh, entertained for a bit. Yeah, sounds like it's going to be exciting. That so what we'll do. We'll have a look at all the big news coming out of the club in the last couple of weeks. So let's start uh, with uh, the reserves, uh, Paul. Danny Barton and John Blackburn appointed reserve team coach and manager, uh, both stalwarts of the club. Uh, fantastic appointments for everybody. Yeah, I think so. I was very pleased to, to hear that. You know, Danny's been working, you know, really well alongside the young players in the last couple of years at, at Salford. You know, he, he's been part of the, the club for a long time. As you know, coming through the system as a player himself, he knows it inside out and does a fantastic job. You know, along with everybody there, we've been working with the foundation. I think John Blackburn is uh, is like the, the the godfather, isn't he, of the of the youth at Salford. You know, the work that he did, you know, back in the Willows days with the with the, when the academy first started there. So I think he's he's definitely the right man to be, be the manager of it. So I think those two 
are going to bounce off each other and, and work really well. I think that's a really good partnership and I'm excited to see how this reserve team is going to run this season. I'm very excited to go to some of the matches as well, as many of them I can get to. So it's more rugby league to, to watch, isn't it? And I know they've been having some trials, haven't they? And certain players who you're going to mention shortly have already been signed up to the reserves, which is, which is great news for us, really. You know, having, having that sort of backup for the first team and pathway to the first team, I think it's excellent and it's something that we've we've missed, I think, for the last few years. And I'm glad to see reserve grade rugby back at Salford Rugby League Club. Yeah, like Paul said, Parker, uh, Danny Barton graduated through our academy uh, back in the day. John Blackburn helped create the original academy in 1996. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, te- there's players in this uh, in this squad, Nia Levels, Josh Johnson, Ryan Lannan, all came through our, our kind of academy process. And, you know, it's great that, Obviously, the club are looking to to re-vig, you know, re-energize that and bring the next generation through. Yeah, like Paul said, it's something we missed, isn't it? Um, certainly, since you know the the academy got you know quashed and then you know moved moved to one side by, well, firstly by our own administration, but you know then you've got to prove to the RFL that you can have a, an academy, and this is the next step. Um, next step on, I'm delighted for Danny. I think he's you know lovely lad, great you know solving through and through, works his socks off behind the scenes. Him and John, obviously. I mean, John's been there since I don't know. I think Lance Todd was uh, coaching. He's you know he's he's always been associated with the club. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's great to see it back. And I think the thing for Danny now is when when it, when it first got announced, I was kind of thinking, well, it's going to be like an academy, so he's going to be you know coaching younger kids or, or you know whatever, bringing them through, giving them a chance to showcase. But realistically, we've got to have a, a reserve team. By you know to be in the Super League, that's part of the the criteria now. Um, but we couldn't really afford to run one, so we're just going to get lads in who you know, uh, like like when the academy first started, really all them years ago. But in fact, now I think it's a much bigger job. I think when you look at our first team squad, only seventeen players, and, and obviously your eighteen man are going to get you know into into the changing rooms every week. There's been a lot of players not playing, a lot of good talented players, like Paul said before about the. You know, perhaps the lads we brought in from uh, from London. They might not be, you know, Keir's probably not going to play fullback because Niall will be there. Williams could be our, one of our starting wingers. But again, you've got Williams, Chamberlain, Inu, uh, Co. You know, these players might get the run out in the, in the reserves. He's got to then coach them. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a bigger job than, than, than maybe even you know, he thought at first. But what a great honour for him and, uh, and well-deserved. Yeah. Uh, Paul, it's only going to help the youngsters coming through if these, you know, players aren't playing sort of seventeen. They learn often by sort of sort of playing with them week in week out, which is only going to be you know a good thing for for Salford moving forward. Talking about players uh, in the reserves, Connor Asprey, Lewis Roberts, and Jamie is Abram all signed contracts uh, for the reserve team. Uh, fantastic for them to get this opportunity, uh, and you know they are bright uh, stars of the future to come. Yeah, they certainly are. We saw a, a bit of Connor last season, didn't we? Particularly in the, the friendly against Swinton, he was a breath of fresh air, wasn't he? Really exciting player to see. And it's difficult for, for, for young lads like that to come straight into to the Super League first team because it's, it's pretty brutal, isn't it? The size of the players and things like that. You don't want to let get them, th- you know, throw them in too early. On the other side of the coin, though, perhaps playing in the foundation, you know. It was a bit of a, of a level too low for Connor, so this this could be his level now at the moment, a level for him to progress. And like you said, he's going to be playing, you know, with, with first team players who perhaps are coming back from injury or have lost a bit of form. So you, you're learning all the time. Plus, you're going to be playing against experienced Super League players, you know, in the reserve side, and a lot of um, sort of wily players as well, experienced guys and people who are going to learn the, the tricks of the trade off. And I think it's going to make them better players. I think it's it's good for the sport, Rob. I think it's good for the game to, to have that back. And you think of the amount of players that get lost to the sport who who can't quite get into, into the Super League first team, drift out of the game. Perhaps we're going to hang on to these players now. You know, years ago when you had the A teams, you didn't you didn't lose those players. But over the last few years, I think people have been lost to the sport, haven't they? And um, I'm delighted to see it. And you know, great to see Connor in there. And uh, you know, perhaps this season we might see him uh, break into the first team a, a bit more as well. Yeah, I think Lewis Roberts. He's he kind of from Folly, I think. And uh, Abraham, uh, he was in Salford Scholarship Parker, uh, and then he had to go to when he went to Warrington when that when that collapsed, and now he's back home, which which is which is great. Yeah, I mean, you look how many players we've we've missed out on it over the years. I mean, the list, the list of players, all the players who've gone on to play for other clubs and not played for us, is, or not come to us till it was too late. It's probably, you know, quite extensive. So it is good that we we can get these lads, give them a chance, 
and and uh, you know let them play for the, the club that obviously they've got some time. But I mean, you, you can you look at like Niall, who, who again I go back to, and he spoke in his interview about you know when he when he came to Salford and nobody else really wanted him. I know he's a Halifax lad, but you know we we still could chat, and he's he's respected that, and that's what's kept him. You know, probably mainly here. I'm sure there's other clubs sniffed about him for a while. Uh, you know, you look at the likes of, you know, back to Stewie Littler back in the day and Alka and people like that. He stayed loyal because it, it felt like it was it was theirs. And the longer you're with a club, you will feel like that. Um, and the other thing is with those a lot of a lot of like Paul said, the old 18 days was a lot. It's a place to you know cut your teeth against experienced players who are maybe at the twilight of their career, but they'll still be able to teach you a thing or two about. You know, before you take that next step, and we haven't had that. And you can't, like Paul says, you can't throw young kids in the Super League most of the time unless they're an exceptional talent. You know, they have to have had that grounding. And and again, the, the scholarship and the, the level that foundation they're at at the moment just isn't good enough. Um, I, I don't believe for for that to happen to be a progress. So, yeah. It's great to have it have it back the reserves and like Paul said, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to going to the, as many games as I can. It's uh, it, it will be good to see them and, and like I say, they get to train with you know with, with players who who have been there and done it. You know you're gonna have players who maybe lose a bit of form or have come back from injury and you know you can have one of these young kids lining up with a you know Mark Flanagan, you know people like this and it, it'll give them a massive boost and. Uh, and hopefully, you know that experience and that talent can can, can rub off, and uh, we can see the next the next you know scrum half of Salford, you know, <clears> year or two's time, actually be from our you know our own stock, if you like. Yeah, there was a reserve reserve train trial game uh, last week, which is which is exciting. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll be you know running their running their, running their eyes you know through the plays available, and 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 then we'll see what what comes out the other end. But yeah, it's exciting times, I think. Like you said, we need these youngsters to come through and mix them with the, you know, the people already in the squad. It's only going to get better for everybody, I think. So, yeah, good luck to, to Danny and uh, John Blackburn, and you know, hopefully they'll be uh, producing the uh, the next generation of Salford superstars to come. Uh, next one, uh, Salford supporters trust have been busy. Paul, uh, they had a fundraiser in the Blue Bell in Monton uh, last week, raised a thousand pounds for the reserve team. Uh, you know what a great achievement that was. Yeah, it certainly was. I was a bit good and I couldn't get to that with work last week, but I believe it was a great night. And yeah, to raise a thousand pounds as well, it sounded uh, sounded a cracking night. Steve Kerry and Cliff Eccles were there, I believe, as well, getting their heritage certificate. So that that's another good thing that I'm really enjoying seeing there. You know, ex players like being recognised now with something they can, you know, show their families and grandkids. And you know, perhaps I'm making them out to be a bit old there, saying grandkids, but you know, in the future when they've got grandkids, if they've not got already. But I think that that's that's been a great thing, and uh, everybody had a great night. I believe it was a um, quiz that was on. I'm not very good at quizzes, so uh, but I'm sure everybody uh, did really well and enjoyed it. And I'm sure supporters are just going to put some more good things on in the in the near future. Yeah, raised over six thousand pounds so far, Parker, for the reserve team in 2020. Fantastic it's a show of support from the supporters trust, and you know what, all those fans have to keep you know supporting the trust and supporting the club in. You know, it's great that, you know, they put on these events because it becomes more of a social of doing it that, you know, everyone gets together and, you know, we all bond together and, and get behind the lads and it's a great night too. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, they're doing a, you know, doing a good job and uh, the reserves, the club are going to need as much money as they can um, to, you know, to, to, to bring in the talent to pay them and to, you know, you've got to have it and we, we're not a rich club so it's, it's a big strain for the club and anything can help and, you think just that six grand that's been raised, if all that just went straight into the the uh, reserves now, it's going to pay a few players, you know. And it, if it stops the club having to pay them for, for a month, two months, and then, you know, have to find the rest of that, even that is, is, is a huge help to the club. Um, so, yeah, it, it is good. And I think the other thing is, I, I'm like, I couldn't make it last week. Um, just a completely different obstacle to why Paul couldn't go. But um, it, I think the thing is now... When we had the Willows, everybody got to meet or you'd see everybody or whatever. It doesn't quite get like that at the AJ Bell. You can go you can go virtually season without seeing a certain person who you've known for a while. And you're not having a get together and something like this where it's a bit of fun as well. You know, it's not it's not forced together or anything like that, you know, but I think it's it's good for the supporters as well. And it, it builds that that before because I think over over quite a few years, a lot of there's been a lot of sections in the crowd, haven't there? 
we don't like them, they don't like us, or whatever else. And it's no good for him. We've all got to pull in the right, you know, in the same direction. And I think having this this sort of uh, this sort of supporters' trust and everything else that goes with it is is a good way of, of maybe you know, just getting people together, getting them talking, realizing we've actually got a lot more in common than we actually think, and we've all got you know one massive love. Um, and then you know more people come on. You come along, you know, bring, bring your mate next time. We'll have it, you know, we can have a chat again, and uh, just like we do on here. I mean, I, you know, this is great for me. It's like therapy. Um, and uh, yeah, and just you know, keep helping the foundation, uh, the, uh, the sports trust, and, and get the money in. Yeah, I think it's, it's community building, isn't it? Obviously, you know, community in the rugby league community, but also our supporters community in the, in the stands, and you know, things like this. Uh, you know, Paul, it, it helps a lot, I think, and you know. It's just going to grow and grow. Yeah, it certainly does. It, it does. It builds a community and it builds that sort of um, togetherness, I think. And you, and you saw that last season, didn't you, as, as crowds started building and you know, it puts a smile on people's faces. And like Parker says, it, it's not like the Willows anymore, but I think it, it could... It's never going to be the Willows, is it? Let's have that right. But I think it can be warmer and friendly going to the AJ Bell as, as, as the years go by and have a bit of success and... We are sort of making it more our home now. I felt a bit like it was more like home last season. You know, the first couple of years, I felt a bit disillusioned going there. You know, I went to the games and that, but it just always felt like we were playing in a bit of an hotel and we weren't really there. We were just sort of renting it and we were going somewhere else. But no, I, I'm settling in there a bit now. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the Sports Trust events I've been to. They've been really good. And, you know, hopefully there's, there's going to be plenty more, I think. What was done last season as well, getting the supporters' buses on down there. So I thought that was great, that, a real good initiative. I mean, what other clubs have, have done that, where supporters have organised, you know, buses to pick fans up and things like that. So I think it's great, and the more ideas they can get, and the more people they can get on, on board with it, I think the better. Yeah, talking about feels of the stadium, Parker, a soul good shop opens again uh, for Christmas and and the, and the 2020 season. Uh, Steve McCormick's doing a fantastic job, uh, you know, producing. Uh, you know, Christmas goodies for everyone. Yeah, no, I mean, Steve's another example of how, you know, how what influence fans can have on the club. Um, you know, we mentioned the supporters' trust and everything that, that they're doing at the moment. Um, you know, what Steve's doing is he's kind of a little bit above and beyond, isn't it? Let's let's be honest. I mean, he's giving up his own time, his own his own money, his own, you know everything that he, he he puts in to to help the club, to aid the club, and and, and bring some money in and. You know, even just staffing a, a shop. I know the, the guys there are volunteers. If the club actually had their own shop, they would have to pay somebody to be there, and you know, probably and again another expense that we just can't afford. Uh, you know, the actual shop space and everything else. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure I'll be paying a visit before for Christmas. I need to do some shopping. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see it open. I think again doing a magic job, uh, and I've been in the shop a few times, and some of the stuff that's on sale in there's actually quite phenomenal really. stuff that you wouldn't expect obviously it's not all sulfur related you know there, there's football and boxing memorabilia and that kind of thing and I, I don't know I think it's a, it's a nice little thing and hopefully it'll grow and next season when we get you know new kit in and new training gear and you know all the stuff for, for the fans um, it can it, it can be you know a lot busier and, and grow and grow yeah I think it's, it's fantastic Paul you know such a nice bloke as well got his head screwed on he, he knows you know what, what, what needs to be done to to make it success, and you know I, I can see it going from strength to strength. Yeah, certainly can, Rob. Yeah, it's, do, it's doing great, doing really good, and you know some of the stuff in there, like you two guys say, it's it's good stuff in it, and the the club, the you know the, the things that the club are bringing out, you know, the polo shirts and you know the season wear and the new range of stuff, the new shirts out as well. So I'm sure it'll do really well over the next few weeks up towards Christmas. Yeah, it's going to be exciting talking about Christmas. Uh, new the home shirts been unveiled. Uh, Parker, uh, what do you make of it? Are you happy with the with the shirt? Uh, I reserve the right to clean <laughs> the fifth. It. No, I, I'll be honest. It's not my cup of tea. It's not no. what I would would choose. And uh, but then I, I don't suppose I'm really the target audience. Um, you know, forty odd year old blokes walking around in replica shirts isn't always a great selling point. Uh, especially ones that are a little bit out of shape, should we say? Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, you know, look, we've got, we've got to have a kit, haven't we? You know, it's as simple as that. And some you could have designed one that I would have gone, oh, I absolutely adore that, and someone else would have gone, I think it's rubbish. So just about opinions. I I I, I don't particularly like it mainly because 
there's not enough red in it for me. That's you know, but I'm a, I'm an old furry duddy sort of traditionalist, and you know, if it was up to me, we'd have red white uh, red shirt, white shorts, red and white socks, and that'd be it. You know, um, but it is what it is, isn't it? I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people out there absolutely adore it, and it'll fly out, you know, off the shelves, and then. After that, we still got the away one to, or the away shirt anymore, is it? You know, because we played in the away shirt at home most of last season. So, uh, we've got that to come out yet. Yeah. So, that'll be, you know, that, that's something else to look forward to in, into the new year. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. I don't know. You guys might absolutely love it. And uh, I'm sure it's it's probably more targeted to people a little bit younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, if you haven't seen it, it's kind of like, it's got, it's red and it's got like a white, let's call it a swoosh down the middle. Uh, and then in the bottom right hand corner, you've got like a three stripes, which is like the ESAB uh, shirt. Um, yeah, you know, it's a shirt is a shirt. I, I think, like you said, a little bit more red would have been better, but it, it looks okay. Um, I, I remember, you know, I, I was involved in trying to design a shirt back in the day. Uh, finished third in a competition. Uh, mine didn't win. I had like a flames on the side. Like, it looked really good. I don't understand why. I got robbed, really, to be fair. But um, yeah, but you know it's one of them things. I, th- I think it looks it looks nice. I think people will buy it. Uh, I think you know it, it looks you know it'll look good. I haven't, I haven't yet seen it in real life, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what it looks like in real life. But yeah, you know it, a shirt is a shirt. It's a big money maker for the club, uh, and you know I, I think people need to go out and buy it uh, to help the, the club grow. Uh, Paul, what do you think? I know you've designed the odd shirt. Um, what's your thought process on it? Oh, sure. It's mine, is it? Oh, that one that well, I got bored in the restaurant. And yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I've really kids because my, my kids love colouring, so we always do shirts and salt p- pictures of salt for them, that one we can. But um, what do I think in a shirt? I don't know. I'm not really bothered about shirts. I don't. I never buy them, so shirt's a shirt. Like, Parky stole my thunder. I was going to say exactly the same thing he said. <laughs> red shirt, white shorts, red and white hoop socks, that'd do me. But you could just play in a plain sort of red rugby shirt for me with a white S on it or whatever, but yeah, you're never going to please everybody. Eh? You, you'll always get like this day and age now on social media. I was reading all the comments yeah. the other week, you know, half people liked it, some people didn't. I, I don't know. I think if you played in a traditional kit, you get people moaning about that, saying, yeah. oh, it's not jazzy enough and this set of this. As long as we're winning it, I'm not bothered. And like, like like you said, Dave, we'll probably end up playing in the away kit anyway, so we don't make <laughs> any odds. I think at the end of the day, it's the badge that counts, isn't it? Of course it is, yeah. What's on the shirt uh, yeah. and, and who's in, in the shirt and yeah. what effort they put into it, you know. I mean, it is. Yeah. Like you say, last season we didn't play in a traditional uh, Salford shirt, did we? Because we played in the black, the black top most of the season at home. So, yeah, it, it like I say, it is what it is, and hopefully, you know, it's a nice little uh, Christmas present for quite a few people. Yeah. So get yourselves down to the uh, the Soul Good Shop uh, and get your your Christmas goodies uh, and uh, enjoy enjoy your Christmas. Uh, opening them up on the under the tree. Uh, other bits in news uh, Salford and Swinton friendly 5th of January uh, 1pm uh, that'll be an exciting party well yeah it will because it's it's going to break the duck again for the new year can't wait uh, providing the weather doesn't take a really nasty turn and we, we don't end up playing it but yeah. Um, yeah no I mean it's always good isn't it? you know it's good to have Swinton uh, down there their fans are always uh, very appreciative of us aren't they um, no I'll, I'll, I'll never forget their the, their gesture when we were in, you know, serious trouble uh, a few years back, and they, you know, they came down and played that friendly, and you know, all the money went to to us. Um, so anything, you know, they can get out of it, ticket sales and everything. It's it's great, and it it's an old rivalry. I, I mean, I I love it, and I've always I've been big on it. I mean, when I was first started going Salford and Swinton, you know, it, there wasn't that much between us, and it was, you know, it was could get quite intense. Uh, obviously, in, in recent years, it's not quite the same, but uh, no, it'd be good to see the new players, get them a, get them a bit of a run out, perhaps. You know, he might not bother with too many of the, the guys that have been away international or whatever, or, or whoever comes back. But, um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's just great to have rugby league and that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, £10 for adults, £5 for under 18. Uh, is, that, is that me? Who was that then? It wasn't me. You, I think it was you. Oh, interference on the line. Uh, yeah, we've got um, Platinum Dining as well, uh, £25. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's really good that, you know, Salford and Swinton are able to have a, have a derby match. Obviously, Swinton uh, are not as you know good and not as big as they were back in the sort of the 80s. But, you know, one day, hopefully, Swinton might, might you know, get back to, you know, being a, a, a bit of a force in, in rugby league and give us a, 
give us a you know the the derby that which we all want. Um, Paul, and obviously Andy Mays is departed from 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 Swinton. Now he's got to Rochdale. I think it's kind of a transition, really, in it for for them. Yeah, yeah, they, they had. Um, I've got quite a few friends at Swinton, and we speak, I speak to, speak to Steve Moyes quite a lot, who's a real gentleman. He's been secretary there. We, you know, Steve, don't you, Robin? He's a he's a lovely guy, and I always I always look out for him. I mean, my dad will probably shout me for saying this, but I have a bit of a soft spot for him uh, for for more reasons than one. But no, I, I think last season I thought they did really well. I thought mm. they really pushed above the weight in the championship last year, but. It had a bit of a sour end to the the back end of the season with the, with the name change and things like that, and I know quite a lot of their supporters were were dead against that, and, and there was quite a lot of division there. I'm on quite a few of their Facebook pages. I don't get involved, but I read what people say and take it take interest in it. And there was a lot of division there. There's a lot of bitterness there as well, and I don't know how Andy feels about about leaving. It's a shame because Andy May's another good guy, put his money in there, worked really hard, and I just hope they they do well this season. I think they're going to have the workout in the championship, but. Uh, but no, I think I think they'll do okay. But as as for the rival, yeah, I think we should play Swinton every season. I think if we can both help help each other out, I know there's a rivalry there. But I think you know that rivalry. That's what rugby league's built on rivalry like that. And um, you know, I when I first but it was that derby was still was still quite hot. You know, we, we played them a few times. I remember the draw at Station Road, the ten hour draw, and that. So so yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. I just wish they did resurrect the Red Rose Cup and play for that. And and have the Peter Smethers Trophy back as well because I think you know that that means a lot, especially to the amateur clubs as well. You know that that's, that's those sort of trophies. So I wish the two clubs could work on that and, and bring those back in back to the party. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Just to just to talk about something mad just for a minute. There is there's only just us three on this line, isn't there? Yeah, there's a, there's a gremlin that keeps knocking. Know, yeah, no, it's definitely just yeah. Just, yeah. just checking it off the rushing or something. You know what I mean? I'm just wondering why the, the, the odd voice well, just coming. And there is an election coming, isn't there? Yeah. You never know. Could be inspired on. <laughs> yeah, we can't Someone talk about that. Someone's tapping us here, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> we can't talk about that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going to be, uh, yeah, you know, interesting. Like you say, blows away the cobwebs. Hopefully the the, the, the old people work so hard at the, the ground, staff will make sure the game is on uh, for us all to enjoy on the 5th of January. Uh, other bits of news, uh, Parker. Uh, club have been yeah. doing a bit of, uh, like we said, we talked before, haven't we, about the the Christmas calendar squad number unveiling. I think it's a good idea. I think it's different. I think it, uh, you know, it, people get excited, don't they, by by squad numbers, and uh, I think it's a good idea by the club. Oh, it's, it's been it's been brilliant, hasn't it? I I didn't know it was happening until I think I think I missed the first two, and then I thought, what what's this? And I, I caught up on uh, on Twitter, and it, it's it's really good. It's a great idea. One novel way, you know, announcing the numbers rather than just saying, you know, here's a list of numbers. You know, on a some kind of pitch that they're going to release on on Facebook or something like that. I think it's a brilliant idea, very very clever, and they've been good at that for the last couple of years. Salford certainly last season as well. It's a lot slicker, a lot more professional. Uh, the you know the social media stuff, and I think I think it's really good. I mean, I'd like to see more of it. You know, like maybe a, a, a bit of a longer interview or something like that. But I understand, you know, the sound bites and, and and the modern world we live in. People haven't got time that much time to listen, but. No, it's been really good. And it, you you kind of like, oh, who's getting the next? Who's getting the next? Because there's you know a lot of numbers in that are players in that team now, new players who, like Paul said before, it could give you an indication as to who's going to be starting or who who what or you know thinks he's is his best team or whatever. I mean, yeah, kind of like you're like, well, what? As soon as I get up now in the morning, that's that's it. I'm I'm waiting for it. I'm looking for it. A bit sad, really, I suppose, for a for a bloke of my age. But you know, it's uh, it's a great idea. Really good. Yeah, and it works so hard, don't they, Paul? The likes of Emma and Carrie and Joe, you know, they're they're all you know grafting. They, they all know they all got skill set. They've all got you know the ability to create these uh, these masterpieces. And uh, you know, it's only the clubs only go one way in it from there. Yeah, I've been really excited to. I was telling not that my missus pays any attention, but I was showing her the day. I said, "Oh, look who number seven is! It's Kevin Brown." And uh, she just sort of looks at me with a blank face. But <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited because it's my birthday on the twenty second, so I'm excited to see who's going to be number twenty two. If there is a number twenty two, so uh, might become my new favourite player. You never know. I've I've only got one one kind of question. I'm sure we've got more than twenty four players, um, and obviously the. 24 days of the advent calendar. Yeah. What are we going to release like, you know, five on one day and just give them random? I don't know. I don't know how that'll work. 
probably, probably thinking about that now. They're probably pondering that in the meeting. Could we not just keep releasing like a player for Boxing Day, a player for the 27th, just yeah. carry it on in December? Well, <laughs> yeah, for like New Year's Day. Maybe. Be no, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll be having a 31. Will we? Are we retiring that number? No, but yeah, just maybe. Yes, yeah, well, yeah. unless, anyway, yeah. To be fair, yeah, talking about, uh, you know, we're going to talk about team of the decade, aren't we, in a bit. I think one season we had 41 players on in our books at one point. So we'd have to go into like middle of January, wouldn't we, to, if we went back down oh, that road. Yeah, I mean, we go back to, to you know, the, a long, long time ago. I mean, even during the, the 80s and 90s, and with times we had 40 odd players, but, you know, it's unimaginable now, isn't it? Really, I mean that's you know, that's enough for you know, two and a half teams or whatever. Um, but yeah, we're quite lucky now that we do keep the squad numbers down a bit because um, like, you end up forgetting about players. But I was in back in again back in the old eighteen games. You could the player would get called up, play one game, and drift off again. We didn't need a new shirt with a new number on the back back then. Huh. Never, never to be seen again. <laughs> yeah. <But> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's going to be no, fantastic. I'm sure they've got loads of stuff planned uh, to keep us all entertained until the action starts in uh, in February. Um, other bits of news. Uh, stop, clock, stop clock changes, uh, Paul. Uh, they've reduced the stop clock from 30 seconds to 25 seconds. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, 25, no, yeah, 30 seconds to 25 for the dropout and 30 seconds for the scrum. Uh, is that a good thing? Or a bad thing for the game, it gets even faster. I think you needed changing it because I think, especially for the dropouts last season, it, was it 30 seconds last year? It seems teams were wasting time anyway. So, uh, there's that gremlin again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. It does stop teams wasting time. And I don't think, I can't think of a game last season where. We actually got a penalty. I can see the penalty from that stop clock. It seemed to 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 run like you no know, clockwork for want of a better word. But yeah, I think it's a good thing. See what Vladimir thinks. What do you think, Parker? Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I I do worry the game is perhaps getting a bit too quick, especially now with the reduced numbers of subs and that kind of thing. I think we've got to be careful with you know with, with, with players' welfare. Not always buy into it, but you know I mean this year again we we've, we've dropped an Easter fix, you know, and that kind of thing. I think, I don't know. I don't want to spoil all the fun, but I just think it could get a little bit too quick. But these this stop clock thing, I, I understand that there are times in a game where you know a team's going to be taking the mick or whatever, and that that does need need changing. But I, I don't know shortening the clock. Certainly, I didn't mind so much for scrums. I think at times you get players who who need a breather because the game is that quick. And if if someone wants to take an extra five seconds at a scrum, I don't I don't see the problem. I do though with the dropout. I do think that. A lot of the time you see players just throw the ball away, you know, or whatever, or swap kickers, or do whatever, or go down and feign injury or whatever. Um, I, I don't like that. That's when the game needs to flow. If you force the dropout, you deserve to get that ball back as quick as and build on, on the momentum you've got. Um, so that needs speeding up. But I don't mind so much with the scrums. I don't think 30 seconds is a, a long time out of anyone's life to, to, to form a scrum, even though we don't really have scrums, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think the only way we're going to compete with the Australians if we get used to playing at a higher tempo. And this kind of thing helps, because obviously if you reduce the rest time, then people have to keep farming at an optimum level, don't they? So I think it's a good idea for me, uh, Paul, but we'll have to see how it goes. I'm sure you know Greg Brown and, and the fitness staff know this, don't they? And they know that the players have to be in a condition to be able to cope with the, the rigours of, of, of Super League rugby. I'm sure they've factored that in in Pre-season. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I mean, we spoke about this quite a lot last season, didn't we, about Greg Brown and the um, the influence he had on last year, getting the players in the tremendous shape that he did. And one or two of the players in the sound bites the club have put out recently have mentioned Greg, you know, and, and speak really highly of him. The lads that have come in and one Pauli Pauli, I was chatting to him the other week. He, he was saying how training differs from from Wakefield. It wasn't particularly slagging Wakefield off, but I think he re- he realised how tough it was and, and how tough Greg Brown was putting him through it, and he he looked fitter than than ever. So 
just going back to the, the Easter thing, I mean, that's a debate we could have until the cows come home. And I was very disappointed that we we're not playing the two games at Easter, but we all understand about the, the player welfare and this, that and the other. And it's done now, the fixture list is done. So, uh, But no, I, I've got no qualms with the fitness of the players. I thought we looked spot on, you know, right up until the grand final. You know, a lot of teams sort of tired, I thought, in, in that, that playoff last year. You know, we looked at Warrington, they looked a tired team, casted when we played them. But we seem to keep going all the way to that grand final so I don't think you can whack the fitness I think Greg Brown did a tremendous job at Salford with, with uh, you know, the condition of the players yeah so I think that's going to be the, the, the end of the first part of this week's uh, Devon Retail Pad- Podcast tune in in the next couple of days for part two